once again, Professor Ray Brescia. Um, Ray has been talking about his new book, uh, The Future of Change, How Technology Shapes Social Revolutions. Uh, look at that. It's got a really catchy uh, title and colors to it. Um, we've been talking with the professor about the ways that technology shapes social revolutions, uh, the ways to uh, engage in the, the, that kind of change in that organizational structure. Uh, but one of the things that's left on our minds is um, how do we, um, or what is the legal response uh, to these circumstances? And maybe even what's the legal response that ensures uh, that these kinds of developments uh, focus on positive change and, and, and not sort of maybe some more negative ones such as the insurrection on the 6th of January? So that's uh, a great question. I, I, I really want to uh, address it in, in or sort of two main problems that I see that the you know present state of the technology, the communications technology, you know the, the two main problems that they pose. The first is one of privacy, mm. and that you know groups, uh, you know disfavored groups, if you would being uh, anxious about using the new technologies to organize, um, particularly if the you know, forces aligned against them are anti-democratic. So, you know, we see, you know, some surveillance of, uh, you know, advocates. We see, uh, you know, some information being exposed uh, that, that advocates are, are engaged in. And we, I worry that we would go down a path uh, if, uh, our government becomes anti-democratic. Uh, that the that that will chill uh, advocacy. That people will be uh, nervous about using these tools uh, if if there's no uh, guarantee that their uh, private information stays private, um, and that they could be the target of surveillance and of uh, abuse if they engage in disfavored advocacy. So that's on one side. On the other side, though, there is some advocacy that is anti-democratic uh, and that it should be chilled. Uh, and we saw that the, um, you know, with the insurrection on January 6th, we see some of the threats to uh, elected officials, uh, school board members who, yeah. you know, want to promote, uh, you know, public health measures. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, certainly the, you know, social media shouldn't be a channel through which to uh, foment and encourage violence. We see it in the United States and we absolutely see it in, in other countries, um, Myanmar, the Philippines, Brazil. So, um, you know, one component of that, I think, is the algorithms that are used to feed uh, uh, users uh, more outrageous uh, content, um, encourage them to engage in uh, actions uh, based on the, the, the um, they're being agitated by the, the more outrageous uh, content by misinformation. Um, so, you know, I think that we, you know, both, it, it's sort of two sides of the same coin, right? We need to both protect the right to uh, organize, but to what end uh, and to the extent that um, these tools are being used to foment anti-democratic action and violent action, it should be curtailed. And one way 
into that is to address misinformation and the mm-hmm. algorithms. Now, I, I, I don't want the, the government either to be involved in content moderation, but I do think that there's some uh, disclosures, uh, better, a more robust disclosure regime, one akin to uh, uh, what we would use in, in zoning in, in of land use, a, a land use approach uh, you know, through zoning, where people would be informed of the type of uses that uh, a, you know, the information that we give uh, on the internet, on social media, uh, the uses to which that information is, is placed, right? So mm-hmm. if a social media company is, is you know, marketing information to you or selling your private information to others or you're being targeted with algorithms, uh, you should know that. You should know uh, through a, a, a type of zoning regime, uh, which I spell out in a piece for the Utah Law Review called Zoning Cyberspace. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, to, to sort of say, people need to know, you know to what extent that their, inf- their private information is being um, used to ends that they wouldn't uh, uh, support, that they wouldn't want, uh, and then the extent to which information is being pushed to them. So mm-hmm. uh, these, these are some ways that, that I suggest, and there, there are a lot of um, uh, uh, you know, proposals out there, a national privacy bill, uh, I think one step in that direction is to uh, you know, make really solid but understandable and easy easy to um, adopt uh, you know sort of grades or zones uh, where people would understand you know when they're entering into a site or using a particular app um, the extent to which their their private information is being used and the extent to which they may have information pushed to them. Well, it sounds like. There are a lot of competing interests uh, that we're going to have to think about as we try to um, solve some of the problems and both curtail some of the negative uses of technology, uh, but also respecting the fact that, you know, there are privacy, there are speech concerns, there are places where we don't want government to tread. Um, So thank you very much, Professor. This has been very informative uh, and and, I can't wait to see the success of your book. Uh, and how it allows people to really adapt to these changes. Thanks to your help.